Welcome to Brook USA on the Road. Our mission at Brook USA is to significantly improve the welfare of working horses, donkeys, and mules, and the people they serve throughout Asia, Africa, the Middle East, the Americas, and the Caribbean by raising funds and responsibly directing them to the areas of greatest need. Brook USA connects private philanthropists with their passion for helping relieve the suffering of working equines and their owners. In each podcast episode, you'll hear a report from one of our board members on the current initiatives for our organization. You'll also enjoy updates from our Brook USA ambassadors, who range from top-level international writers to best-selling authors. I'm your host, Julianne Neal. In this episode, you'll have the opportunity to learn more about Brook USA, a nonprofit, board led organization dedicated to alleviating the suffering of working equines and the people they serve in the developing world. In this special edition of the podcast, you'll find that it's all about the polo. As we lead up to Brook USA's Sunset Polo and White Party Special Edition Latin America, we'll kick off with Jill Johnston and Tarek Salahi. Jill is a Brook USA board member, a British-born horsewoman, breeder, and steeplechaser. She's been a part of the honorary committee responsible for planning Brook USA's Sunset Polo and White Party for several years. Her commitment to this event has led to the financial growth. Jill is a great supporter of equestrian sports and charities across several disciplines, including polo and show jumping. She's also vice president of the Polo Training Foundation. Tarek Salahi is an award-winning entrepreneur, travel, tourism, and marketing expert, a winery owner, television personality, and one of the world's top-rated social media influencers. He also just happens to be a top-notch polo player. Salahi serves as the ambassador and team captain of the International Polo Tour, the IPT, traveling globally, representing luxury cruise lines while bringing the love of the game to a wider audience. Later in the podcast, you'll hear from two friends, Hope Ariano and Don Jones, who are both fierce competitors in the world of women's polo. Hope is a fourth-generation polo player. The sport was actually part of her life before she was even born. She's the youngest woman to ever win the Women's U.S. Open in 2017 at the Polo Club at the age of 14. Her father was the highest-rated American polo player for many years. Dawn Jones, who happens to be one of Brook USA's celebrity ambassadors, is the founder of the Women's International Polo Network. As one of the most active women in American polo, her goals have been to encourage clubs to create women's tournaments, garner support from the polo community via the associations, male and female polo patrons, corporate sponsorship, and philanthropic partnerships. All right, Jill and Tarek, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to speak with the two of you because I'm a polo newbie and know nothing about polo. And so I can tell already that I'm going to learn a lot today. Um, I'd like to start with you, though, Jill, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about Brook USA. I wondered what led you in the beginning to this organization. Actually, I've been on this is this will be going into my third year. In other words, two years and this will be the third Um so I'm one of the new board members, but I'm learning from a group of very astute board members that uh, steer me in the right direction. And 
with the great board and I'm, I'm proud to say that in my second year which was last year with all the COVID and everything that um, we founded more projects in in that year than uh, you know has ever been done before so we're a positive board going forward and the reason I enjoyed you know getting on the board is because I'm like you I'm a lover of animals all things with four legs especially horses and uh, I have seen how a lot of these horses and donkeys and mules do suffer, and I would like to help make their life better. So that was that. That's the uh, the mission of the Brook is is Brook USA is to improve you know the welfare of working horses, donkeys, mules, and actually anything else, poor things, and the people you know serve them in in the well Asia and Africa and um, the Middle East. And the Caribbean, we're also helping there by, you know, by raising funds and directing them to the areas where they need it most, which uh, unfortunately is a lot more areas than that. But we're, we're working on it and, and we've been doing very well with our fundraising and stuff recently. And Brookie says getting their name out about in many areas. Absolutely. Well, and I hear you have a lovely accent. Can you tell us a little bit about your growing up? Where are you from? Well, I'm actually from a place called Orpington in Kent, which is South London in England, obviously. But I came over here in 1964, and I've been here ever since. And I've lived in Tennessee, so I'm surprised I don't have a Tennessee accent. Having said that, um, a lot of people think I'm Australian because I have a drawl with my accent. But uh, I came over here actually working with polo ponies and had a job looking after polo ponies and... uh, uh, as, as for knowing about Brook USA, which is actually pretty new, the Brook USA was founded in 2016 officially. There was always a Brook back in England, of which I was kind of aware of, but really didn't look into it much and know what, what it was all about while I was there because I was younger. And the interesting part was I worked with a friend in England way back in the early 60s. And we, we worked with show jumpers, and so we would travel over Europe a lot. And all the time we were traveling in Europe, we'd see these big old lorries, transporters with war horses on them and whatever, going to the killers and stuff. And at the borders, they'd be sitting there at the borders for hours on end with these poor animals and mostly going to the eastern part of Europe. But it was, it was, it really maybe look up and think about these poor things. They're just, you know, being shipped off to the killers and something's got to happen. I then came over to England in 64, but my friend, she kept working with the horses, but in the 80s, she she took this on as a project and actually Brooke sent her, Brooke in England, sent her to Australia three times to work with those horses down there. And, and in other words, she, you know, got my attention again second go around because she would write me a letter every Christmas that was, we would call it the Bible that would have all her adventures in it. Mostly they weren't adventures, they were projects to help all these animals. And then I still hear from her. I spoke to her actually the other day. She was 80 years old. She's in Jordan still, you know, persevering and seeing a donkey on the road on, you know, cripples. She'll stop and help them. And so that that really got my attention and that's what really, you know, made me look up and look into this and then when I was asked to be on the board I'd been to some of their activities before and and I was happy to be of any help I can be. 
that's wonderful. And I know they're so glad that you did. In fact, speaking of events and, and reasons to, to talk about Brook USA and Tarek, I promise we're getting to you in a minute as well. <laughs> but I want to hear a little bit about something that both of you are going to be involved in coming up, I'm sure. And that is Brook USA Sunset Polo and White Party. That is, I, I'm surprised to say, I'm happy to say, we'll be back this year. So Jill, can you tell us a little bit about the details of the Sunset Polo and White Party? I've heard there's some changes to the event. So yeah, unfortunately with the COVID, we're going to have to pull pull it in a little bit. We're going to actually move it over to IPC, which is the International Polo Club, where most of the big polo games are playing. And we're lucky enough to be able to have the pavilion, which is on the number one field. And so we're going to be able to spread out a lot and fresh air and They've also got these cabanas on both sides of the pavilion, which they're going to use as individual places for people to to rent when they come. But it's basically, we're going to call it the special edition, and it's really going to be a little different from how we usually do it. And as I say, the first change, you know, we're going to be at the pavilion, and it's going to be on Thursday, March the 18th at 5.30. And we're going to limit it to 350 guests because for obvious reasons, we're going to be very, you know, try to be very good about distancing and all that we've lived with for the last year. We're just going to carry over there, but it's going to be smaller than the past, but it's, you know, we're going to make it the fun deal. And we've got uh, the Ghana Diamonds are going to be our main sponsor, which is great. And then we're also going to have a live band from from Miami with a Latin American theme to it. And uh, this uh, very famous, lovely celebrity chef, Ingrid Hoffman, is coming back to cook for us again. So we're going to make a big fun out of it, and hopefully we'll have some some people. And if anyone needs to know any more about it, they can go to brookusaevents.org, and there should be most of what they would like to find out on that. Well, it sounds like a wonderful way of addressing those COVID concerns, but still being able to to carry on with this amazing fundraising event and how, you know, it's been crucial in the past. And so I know you're all happy to, to have it continue. Well, we're so glad that we can keep going with it. And we just pray the weather wants to enjoy it too. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Tarek, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on the event. It's certainly exciting to have the hotels at sea and celebrity cruises, the International Polo Tour um, come in as a sponsor. And we'll be asking you a little bit more about that. Can you tell me how your partnership with Brook USA's Sunset Polo and White Party Special Edition came about? Well, it it, uh, it all started and came out when I moved to Florida and I've you know, all the polo circles know about the famous Brook USA and Sunset Polo event, if, you know, throughout, really throughout the country, if not even the world. And this is the event to play in and participate in and, and enjoy the Apre Polo activities. So when I moved here, it was a wonderful opportunity to bring all my loves uh, together between polo, the cruise ship industry that's here in Florida, and also my winery that I own. So it, uh, you know, I, I merged all my loves into one thing. I contacted Brook USA. I said, we're, we're now home based in Florida. Let's get this started. <laughs> so we're here to stay. We're not going anywhere. We're, we view this as a long-term relationship, uh, you know, multiple decades, we hope and pray. And we're, uh, we're excited to be a partner and we're honored to be a partner. 
what an exciting venture. Exactly. What is the International Polo Tour all about, though? I'm not really clear on that. Can you explain that relationship? Sure. Yeah, the International Polo Tour is really exciting. This is our vehicle or really our cruise ship, if you will, uh, where we do polo events all around the world. So wherever our cruise ships sail and port, we normally host polo matches or World Cup or World Challenges in those ports. So when you go to the International Polo Tour, it's all about where our cruise ships go uh, and where we entertain either clients, future clients, clients that are actually on board ships where our cruise ships docks and they go to the polo matches. Uh, so this is a wonderful way to expose uh, polo and the sport to a new audience and also to advocate for the sport throughout the world. So we're really proud of what we're doing for the for the uh, for the industry of polo, the sport of polo, and also for tying in the tourism aspect uh, with all our government partners throughout the world. Wow, that sounds like a logistical nightmare. <laughs> I mean, do you take <laughs> horses with you, or their horses? I mean, they're already on site. How does that work? That's no, it's actually exciting, and it's actually easier than you think. Uh, you know, because of where we sail in our ports, we have very strong uh, relationships with with our government partners in, in every country. So when we come in and we want to do a tourism program, it's it's with welcome and open arms. So we work with our partners here at the Ministry of Tourism and we put on a big event uh, for passengers or for the elected officials in each uh, in each port or each country. And we use their horses in those countries. And that's traditionally the way it's done. I mean, there are, there are some polo players that have traveled with, with horses. We, we don't do that. Um, when we go to a host club, for example, when we go to England, or if we go to Australia, uh, we're about to go to Ecuador for the World Challenge for the Galapagos Islands, where one of our ship sails, Celebrity Flora, our latest and greatest cruise ship uh, that only has a uh, hundred passenger uh, uh, vessel. We're about to host that uh, event in Ecuador, and we work with our partners there um, and the polo clubs there to utilize their horses. Um, and and then the reciprocal goes it goes both ways. Once we play there in the in that a host country, they then come to the United States and we do another challenge round two uh, in the U.S. at either a Florida club or Northeast club, maybe in, in uh, the Washington, D.C. area. I, I founded uh, a club in that community just outside Washington, D.C. Uh, that we call Twilight Polo. And, uh, you know, we welcome our partners and it goes both ways. So it's a nice reciprocal relationship that we have. That sounds amazing. I mean, and like you said, for both of you, for tourism and for polo in general, that's that's awesome. I would yes. imagine that it becomes quite competitive. So I have to ask, Jill, I hear that your team is the reigning champion of the Sunset Polo Match. Do you think you're going to hold on to that title this year? I know you have at least one great challenger. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have two great challengers. Unfortunately, we've got Lisa too, but, uh, you know, we're not scared. We're, we're going for it, and we're not going to get beaten. No, no one's going to beat us. We put weapons out there that no one knows about. We're working on that. I can't wait to hear. You know, I think the British said that when, uh, when, they, when they burned the White House down and they tried to take over the country again, we became an independent country, right? <laughs> well, I have to ask them. To we're going to give them a good fight. We're going to give them a good fight. <laughs> yes. So are you ready to take first prize? Do you have any secret weapons on your team or is it yourself? I hear that you're a fantastic polo player. Well, uh, we, we build our teams uh, with you know, the hotels and celebrity crews based on handicaps. So I'd love to hear from 
Jillian, what, who is their team yet? Because I, we don't know who we're playing against yet. Can you, Jillian, can you spill the beans who, who your players are? Then we can match our team together. No, I'm not divulging anything. Oh, no. There's, there's no limit to the handicap. So, you know, there are quite a few 10 goal polar players in town. Oh, um, you know. wow. Are you going to bring in 10 goal? Okay, you're bringing 10 goal. So we got to think big. Well, <laughs> that's what I was always told. To always go for the big one. Is the event raising money for specific Brook USA funded programs? Well, yes, we're, we're, um, we've got a new uh, The Power of One um, campaign at the moment. What it really is, is we've started it and we want to, by the end of this year, or actually October 31st, hopefully raise a million dollars. And basically, it's just to get people, even a dollar from each person in the country or whatever, will all add up and help to, you know, alleviate some of the problems we're seeing around the world with all these suffering horses. And, and those funds raised will help Brook USA continue you know, and lead the world in support of working horses and donkeys and mules and the people they serve. And I'd say we've all seen those horrible photos of donkeys with big old, um, you know, heavy heavy loads on their back and stuff. And so, you know, we, we need to do something about that and we've got to start somewhere. So that's, that's the best way to start, I think, and go for it from there. But then we've got really two, well, actually four event racing monies specific to the uh, Brook USA and uh, you know they can do four, any of four things they can help us purchase uh, plots of land and the equipment and seeds to teach people in the Nicaragua where we're really pushing at the moment to cultivate food for their animals and, and to you know when the dry season know how to grow all this stuff it's very difficult they don't have a lot of water in a lot of those places but they're going to need food in the dry season, so they have to learn how to store it and get it organized. And and then we also, this year, or last year, I should say, with the COVID, we've been supporting some local um, rescues in this country, and Brook USA has really got their name out a lot. I've had several people thank us for helping them out. Even, you know, even $1,000 is a really big help to a lot of these outfits that uh, are really struggling and we're just lucky that we have done pretty well and then we've also this year we started or last year here we go i'm not used to being in this year yet but last year we did start a program um with the native americans in other words in the once we get our foot in the door that's the hardest part with that with that project but we're going to do it and then we're also trying to well they've had a terrible time in uh, Africa because they've been the Chinese have been taking their donkeys just to get the hides so they can make the something they put in a Chinese medicine and they had to have the donkey hide so that's been a very tragic situation and luckily with I think getting it to come to an end pretty much we're really putting a lot of effort into stopping that but um, anyway and then you know when they come to the party they can donate. They're going to have a contactless, um, you know, via your cell phone on your your iPhone, and uh, they can do that bit on the um, new silent auction. Of course, I won't be able to do that because I still have a flip phone. So I guess I'm going to have to upgrade my phone so that I can bid, or I'm going to have to get my daughter to bid for me. She'll say, oh, um, "I'm not going to do that. You've got to do that yourself." So anyway, <laughs> a lot of projects going, and and I'm going to keep my flip phone.
Exactly. Well, all of those <laughs> things are incredible. And um, like you said, the financial side of it is so important. And so, yeah. Tarek, I, speaking of fundraising, I have to ask, I keep hearing about this auction. And actually, I participated in the one online last year and bought a lovely velvet equestrian bag. So I was so excited about that. But this year is going to be a little bit bigger, I believe. So can you tell me about the item that was donated by Hotels at Sea on behalf half of celebrity. Um, you have had something to do with that, I believe. Yes, absolutely. We're excited that we're able to donate on behalf of Hotels of Sea for Celebrity Cruises, an exciting cruise, anywhere Celebrity Cruises uh, port. So if, if you want to go to the Caribbean, we're offering either a three up to a five night cruise and an ocean view or a balcony uh, stateroom. Or if you want to change that to maybe go to the Galapagos, we will cover the difference um, based on the value of that cruise. So for example, if the, if the cruise to the Galapagos is 10,000 and we donated a $5,000 cruise, so only you know the $5,000 will go to it and then you only have to pay that difference. But otherwise, if you just want to cruise in the Caribbean or on a short cruise, three to five night, uh, that is all inclusive. We have really the finest dining uh, at sea. We're the only cruise line in the world that has a three Michelin star chef uh, dedicated to our programs, our culinary programs, our food and beverage programs at Celebrity is by far the best in the world. Time Magazine, for the first time in the history of Time Magazine, rated Celebrity Cruises, the first time a cruise line has ever been rated, top 10 destinations in the world to experience. So we really know how to create a culture on board our ships and even off board with our shore excursions that no one else has ever been able to curate. And that is something very special and unique about Celebrity Cruises. And uh, in, in our partnership with Hotels at Sea, we even curate those programs further by you know hosting polo matches at these various countries like we talked about the Galapagos, Galapagos Islands program that we're doing down in Ecuador. Uh, that's this coming May. And, you know, we look forward to, you know, working with our partners like Brook USA for all these types of programs all throughout the world as our relationship evolves. Uh, and we go to these countries that, you know, that, you know, Jillian just mentioned, you know, she mentioned all these countries, every, all these countries she's mentioned are, are the cruise ships call on those ports one way or the other, even if they're, even if there's uh, some ground transportation involved, but we touch those countries in one form or another. So, there's a lot of great synergy here uh, between between the cruise line industry and Brook USA, uh, Brook UK, uh, and all these uh, all these various partners throughout the world. So we're excited to uh, uh, to be evolving and, and working with Brook USA and and uh, their programs surrounding you know all our love for our four legged animals, these horses in particular. Um, for me, and, and it's uh, you know I, I grew up with horses as a little boy in Virginia, so. It's near and dear to my heart, and we're proud and honored to donate that to support Book USA, and uh, we're going to be doing this as a tradition um, with Hotels of Sea every year uh, that we participate in this exciting fundraising polo match. I have been on some celebrity cruises, and everything is top of the line, and I'm so glad that you have connected with Brook USA. My only question is, how are you going to play polo in Alaska? <laughs> we will find a way. We will play some snowfellow, maybe. <laughs> that was my favorite cruise, I have to say, or well, recent cruise. I love oh. it. Oh. Anyway, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Julian. That's wonderful to hear. And and well, 
you very much. You back on board anytime you like. <laughs> Thank you. When you'll get the word out about Brooke on all those boats and everything, and people will know, and plus you'll be going to all these countries, which they'll be asking, well, what's Brooke USA? What's all that all about? And you can have some flyers on the boat. I'm sure we can supply you with anything you want. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. If someone is not attending the actual party, can they still bid? Is there an online way to, to get into this? Yes, yes, absolutely. So if you're if you're unable to attend the event, uh, because it is going to be a, you know, a very quick sold out event with uh, being limited to, you know, 350 exclusive VIPs, uh, then they can go online and, and bid. And, um, and they can go to the Brook USA website. Uh, and they'll find the click through there uh, to uh, bid both on the cruise, of course, with celebrity cruises, and also all these wonderful other items that are, are being donated uh, to the event. So, um, and, and we're gonna start the auction here at the kickoff polo party here, uh, in fact, at this home, uh, February 25th. And uh, you, you can start there, but that's just, it's just gonna increase from there throughout through till the uh, online event is over. I, I know that I sort of cut you off and said, we can't tell any secrets about the whole, the polo match. I know that that's shrouded in secrecy. So I, 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 want, I want the secrets. I want to know. <laughs> well, I will try to help you out here, Tark. So, so let me ask Jillian. Um, I know that your daughter, Jillian, is also a polo player. Um, I know Hope played on your team last year. So I'm guessing that you're going to have some of these folks back again. Are you willing to tell us a little bit about any of them? <laughs> Well, I can tell you one thing that unfortunately this party is in the middle of when we have the women's polo tournament. And also my daughter is, I think, I'm not sure, maybe I'm wrong, but I think she's the only woman actually playing in the U.S. Open this year, which she's played in now for every year forever. And so horses are nice. a problem sometimes. So looking for horses and finding that. Long story short, hope. Hoop's father, Julio, played for our team for a long time with Jillian, and they're very dear to us. Unfortunately, he did get hurt and he can't play polo anymore. But Hope was like a second daughter to me, and she was a really cute girl. She's very small, very thin, and you wouldn't think she was a polo player, let alone probably one of the best girl polo players. She was homeschooled, so she had plenty of opportunities to play polo and travel, but that's come back to be to her advantage, obviously. And but anyway, I, I'm not divulging my team. I haven't got it all put together yet, and I haven't found them all. I'm going to find them some donkeys to play because, you know, they're all <laughs> out there on horses. So I, I saw some donkeys in my neighborhood yesterday, so I may have to go, you know, scout those out. I've got to give you a bit of a chance, but they're not going to beat me, no. Well, I knew this was going to be competitive, so I wasn't sure if you wanted to answer that or not, but I thought well, I would ask. You know, with with hoping injured, this this is going to make a good parent because I, I haven't I didn't tell anyone, but I got injured uh, uh, about a month and a half ago, and I tore my my lateral meniscus. So Ooh. I have not been practicing playing polo for the last month and a half. So this first match, my doctor cleared me to play in the Sunset Polo. So I'm literally that's going to be my first match after two and a half months or three months being down a polo. Uh, so if you do choose hope then we're evenly paired as I'm assuming the number ones on each team. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not fit. So that's another advantage we'll have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well, it's, it's going to be fun either way. It's all for the fun of the game and the fun of, it's all for Brook USA. That's right. We're all winners. And 
I know everyone will be happy, the more the merrier. And I say it's going to be a fun deal. It is just, you know, 350 people, but they'll be your best friends, I'm sure, because we'll all invite our best friends to go with us. And I just think it'd be, to be honest, I haven't been, this is, I just arrived in Florida. I have not been out and about and seen anyone since this time last year, as we know. I mean, I, I, I'm one of those, at my age, I'm one of those that doesn't need to be out and about. I have now had my two shots, so I'm feeling a little freer. But Good for you. This will be, a, you know, for a lot of people, it'll be the first time they've all seen each other for a year. For me, if we recognize each other, we've got to put our masks on when we go in. We can take them off when we eat and drink. But, you know, we, we, we've got to keep, we've got to do it right. We can't yes. uh, let this down. I agree. 100% critical. We've got to be super careful and safe. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know that Brook USA has, has been looking at, at bringing this event back as an incredible fundraising effort and is also really excited about partnering with companies like Hotels at Sea, Celebrity Cruises, the International Polo Tour. So I've always heard that good corporate citizenry gives companies a business edge. So Tart, what do you think about that? Has it been a good strategy for you? Oh, I love the word you picked, edge, because that was our first uh, breakthrough in technology of our latest and greatest cruise ship called the Celebrity Edge. And the the Celebrity Edge is, uh, there's nothing like that cruise ship in the world. And her sister ship called Celebrity Apex just got built and just arrived to Florida a few weeks ago. And yes, uh, the strategy is critical. It's very important to work with all our partners, both in the public and private sector, uh, with our charity partners. Uh, we, we work with our communities. That's something we're really strong in, and uh, uh, very good at. What, one of the things you may not know is, is that Celebrity Cruises is the first cruise line in the world to have an entire female bridge. Every officer on the bridge is a beautiful lady. Uh, it's never been done before. Uh, it's, it's female power. And, you know, we, we're one of the a few polo teams also, in, you know, like the Coca-Cola polo team, Jillian's team that have women on them. We we have uh, we're very strong in hiring uh, female uh, pros or bringing on strong uh, 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 women polo players into the Celebrity Cruises polo team. And that's one, one thing we hear when when uh, when we're on the cruise ship talking about uh, what we do for the sport in terms of giving back to the community. We hear like, oh, I didn't know a polo team could be co-ed. Or sometimes we even hear, I didn't know women played. I'm like, what? So, you know, but, but, you know, you have to remember to 95% of the world, they don't know the sport of polo. It's events like Brook USA and Brook UK that do a wonderful job advocating and, and, and uh, exposing the sport and, and working with partners like us with celebrity cruises and hotels at sea and the IPT, because we bring the sport to a whole new audience and, and advocate that strongly, um, uh, with all our partners. So it's it's really important and critical that we continue this mission and we're proud to you know always be doing so. I mean, who knows, we may be having, you know, uh, an all-female team down the road uh, that I'll be coaching uh, or managing. Well, that, that's to be decided, but we have to get our ships back in the water first to be <laughs> <laughs> sailing, sailing again with passengers. And that will come with time, but, uh, you know, all good things, you know, all, yeah, come with time. I have a suggestion that maybe we should have the next group USA party on one of your ships that's docked doing nothing overnight, sitting down there in Miami. We can take some buses down there and have a great party while it's empty. Yes. We could just 
the edges there, that would be the perfect one, or the apex, one of those. Uh-huh. We would take out a boat and have a major Brook USA party. Absolutely. We can definitely do that. Absolutely. We, we, we can work some things. We'll, we'll have to wait till, you know, everyone's got the vaccine or there or it's, you know, the COVID is behind us. And, but that's, that's around the corner here. We can all see it finally, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, serious. it would be fun for us to be able to see those boats again, those big ones. I haven't had any opportunity, but could you know, we could do, yeah, we could also do, we could do a short cruise even to, you know, uh, either to the Caribbean or, and we can even do a polo game we're getting ready to do an exciting polo game uh, with Jamaica versus USA. And it's going to be celebrity cruises versus Royal Caribbean. Um, but we could work with, uh, we could certainly work with Brooke USA and, and, uh, and, and make that an official cruise. So you cruise to the polo match. And then we have, we do our big polo program in Jamaica. And then we have a big party and then you come back. We can make a nice short, short cruise. So we can, we can definitely uh, curate this and make this happen with hotels at sea and, and, and Brook USA could make a lot of money this way, too. That sounds like a fun way to do it. I'm on board. Yes. Well, I have to say, Tarek, you are a true Renaissance man. I mean, these thoughts and ideas just show that. But you're a vendor, winery owner, travel, tourism expert, television personality. I mean, what is your secret? How do you do all of that? And what's next? What, what do you have to do <laughs> I, I think I think it's like like anybody, you you, you put everything you love as if you can into the same bucket. If you can do what you love, it's not work. It's just a passion. And you wake up every day eager and excited to do that. So my loves have always been, you know, I, I grew up in Virginia, as I mentioned on a, on our family vineyard winery. I still have the winery and now we make wine, not only the U S but South America and Australia as well. Uh, in fact, we do a label here, um, that will be served at, at uh, the, the Brook USA kickoff here. The, in this case, it's the Celebrity Cruises Cabernet Sauvignon. And this is a Cabernet Sauvignon from Virginia blended with Shiraz from Australia. Um, I'm an enologist from UC Davis. So I love wine. I grew up in Virginia. I had horses in Virginia as everybody did in my community. And, and uh, you know, you merged the wine and the polo. That was easy to do. And the cruises came in when the cruise line industry came. They said, come and teach wine on board our ships. And I, I'm a young kid out of college. I'm like, OK, wait, you're going to pay me to go on your ships and teach and drink wine to your staff. Oh, OK, that's a no brainer. So <laughs> all of that came together. And, I, you know, all my loves are here now. And that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, we home ported or home based here now in uh, home ported. I'm speaking like a cruise. You know, I'm on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, you know, we're here in Florida because you've got the cruise industry down the road in Fort Lauderdale and Miami and up in Port Everglades. you got all the beautiful polo fields in, in Wellington and, and also up here in Boynton Beach. Um, and then what might be next is a new polo experience. I'm not going to use the word club, although it is technically going to be a club, uh, but we're not competing with any clubs in Florida. So, you know, we're not going after taking members from any other clubs, but we're going to be, uh, we are creating the first ever full-time beach polo experience where during the season, every Saturday evening, you'll be able to, uh, either if it's cruise ship passengers, either coming right before the ship leaves to watch the beach polo, or if they come off the ship, they come to do that. Or if it's for the tourism in the community, of Palm Beach County or for the state of Florida watching beach polo every Saturday night at twilight 
and then going to hit the town and spending their dollars at the local restaurants, the local hotels. And it's going to be wonderful for Florida tourism. It's going to be wonderful for the county tourism. And we're going to be working with our partners like Brook USA on that as we get ready for that launch in 2022. Well, thank you so much for sharing with, with us today. I mean, I'm just seeing from both of you what innovative ideas, what amazing commitment. And um, it's all on behalf, as you said before, Jill, it's all on behalf of the working animals in developing countries in the developing world on um, through Brook USA's funded initiative. So I just want to thank you both for sharing your information with us today. I look forward to hearing about the Sunset Polo and White Party Special Edition. And um, I know it's going to be an exciting event. So maybe I can catch up with you when it's all said and done and we'll see who, who won that little, little polar battle. <laughs> oh yeah. And don't forget, get your tickets soon because it is going to sell out. So buy your tickets online in advance. That's exactly right. Well, thank yeah. you both for being with us today. Jillian Tarek, thank you. Thank you very much for having us on your show. We look forward to seeing you. Yeah. I'll see you on the field of battle. Okay. Yes. See you on the field of battle. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to speak with you today about some polo information. Well, thank you for the invitation. We're happy to join you and, and, you know, share what we know about the game and what we love about the game. I've been hearing about a pretty exciting match coming up, or a couple of them actually. And so I figured I better learn more and what better way than to speak with two of the most influential people in the sport. So this is going to be a treat for me, I have to say. So Hope, actually, we're going to start with you, if you don't mind. Um, you have made a big splash in the polo world and you're very young. I mean, I'm, I'm so impressed, but with the legacy of your family, I'm sure that you probably grew up around the sport. So was it the situation where you did always want to play or did you get some encouragement along the way? Yes. So actually both of my uh, grandfathers played polo. Um, and then my dad was a professional polo player and my mom used to play. Uh, she more played for fun. And then once she had us, we kind of stole all of her horses, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I always loved horses and loved being around the sport. And about when I was six or seven is when I decided that I wanted to play polo. Did you have a favorite horse? Did I mean, I, when I was little, I had like favorite horses I latched onto. How about you? Did you? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, my first horse, his name was Jedi and he was amazing. He definitely was one of the reasons why I loved horses. Don, how about you? Were you hooked early as a child and, and how did you get started riding in polo in general? Well, actually, you know, it was when I met my husband, it's all his fault. And <laughs> we, we met about 27 years ago on a film called The Good Old Boys. We both worked in the film industry and he was already involved in polo. You know, he grew up in West Texas. His, his grandparents were, you know, uh, day workers on ranches or sharecroppers. And, and he started riding when he was about three years old. His uncle Charlie was a, a professional roper in the rodeo and, and earned some little bit of money doing that on the side and just regular old work. But, uh, you know, when I met Tommy, I thought it'd be something fun we could do together. And he was more than happy to, to share this sport with me and, and introduce me to the polo family, which it truly is a family. I mean, it, what Hope just described is what you find in a lot of the world of polo, but you know, I'm kind of an outsider coming in 
but everybody was very welcoming and were happy to help me with the sport, teach me. So I learned to ride and play all at the same time around the age of 31, 32. And um, now 56 and I love it, you know, and I think, you know, any, it's just that, that's how I got it. That's how it started for me. And, and it, I was hooked right away because I liked playing tennis when I was younger with my mom, especially we played a lot of tennis when I was a kid growing up. And this was a lot more fun <laughs> than being on a tennis court. <laughs> Definitely. I didn't, I didn't have to do all the running. well it's so interesting to hear the two different perspectives because to me to start riding as a child is very different from starting riding as a 30 you know as as a 30 something adult so so that's interesting but now don't have to ask do you think he had any idea that you would get as involved as you have when he introduced you to polo no you know I I I (laughs) mean well I'm glad that I did because it's a real passion for both my husband and I. I mean, I'm sure Hope can speak about this too, but Tommy and I can talk about horses until your eyes glaze over. You know, I mean, we, we really, it's, it's a beautiful sport. It's an old sport. It's 2,500 years old. There's a long tradition of it here in the United States for over 100 years. There's some legendary players, uh, men and women, you know, over the last, you know, 50 years to 100 years. And even, of course, before that, before it got to the United States. But, you know, I, I've really enjoyed becoming a part of the community and trying to help, you know, those in the community when I can. I mean, it's the film industry is one thing, you know, I, I enjoy my career doing my photography and Tommy's work, you know, it takes us away from the game. I don't get to play as often as I'd like to. So maybe that's why, you know, I, I think about it all the time, even when I'm on location somewhere, I, I don't have access to a horse. I'm reduced to a bicycle but I, I do love it. It's, it's magnetic. You know, you can't, it's, it's got a gravitational pull, like no other sport I've played. Wow. Well, it's, I mean, it sounds so exciting to me. Um, I also have to ask because both of you are of course, very involved in Brook USA and the work that's happening with Brook USA. So um, Don, how did you first hear about the organization and become involved as a celebrity ambassador? Well, you know, my friend, Catherine Kneb who I met a few years back. Uh, she actually had met a friend of mine because she was interested in learning to play polo. She wanted to take a few lessons herself, which I was delighted about that. Um, that was some years ago, but but she you know, shared with me her passion about Brook USA, and she's the current board chair of Brook USA. <clears throat> and Catherine and I have just crossed paths on a variety of, of t- moments in time. And it actually, you know, was this wonderful, you know, uh, serendipitous moment where, you know, I was trying to help bring the Women's U.S. Open from Houston, Texas, with a group of other women polo players to Florida, uh, because this is really the, the mecca of polo in the United States this time of year. And you can get the best women polo players from around the world. You know, that's that's a big boost for us. It was important to see that happen. And this, this is a recent event. But Catherine, you know, she was an advocate for the idea and really helped me and those the other women that were, you know, trying to make it happen bring it to Florida and host it at the International Polo Club on field one for the finals. And there's never been a women's U.S. Open finals on the main field of the, the best field in the United States. So this was historic. It was, uh, you know, I mean, she was a champion for us. And then she began sharing her passion about Brook USA and the importance of, you know, helping people around the world with their working horses and mules and donkeys. And I became interested in the idea because, you know, my husband and I have a working ranch in, in Tensaba, Texas, and we have two mules that we use mostly just to pull a chuck wagon when we work cattle. 
and also to, to you know pull a wagon in the parade in San Saba, which is only a couple of blocks long, but they do the job. <laughs> so so that's how I got involved. She she invited me and she explained more about her involvement in, in, in the program. And and I was delighted to be invited. So that, that's how that happened for me. And, and I'm eager to learn more about it, be more involved. She's been on the podcast now twice, and I learn new things from her every time she's on here. So I can imagine um, why you were drawn to her. I can understand that for sure. Hope, how about you? How did you first find out about Brook USA and get involved as an ambassador? So I had always heard about Brook USA, um, but I really didn't know exactly the full extent of what um, this amazing organization does until Kendall Breer called me in 2018, um, the fall of 2018. And she asked me to be an ambassador and she explained to me the works of Brook USA and all the things, their hopes and their dreams and everything of what they're doing. And I automatically fell in love with it. And I thought that they're just, it's such an amazing organization that they do. And they're really making a difference around the world for working equines. And so once, um, once she explained to me more, I knew that I would love to be a part of it. I think you're a perfect fit because the more people I talk to who are ambassadors and celebrity ambassadors, there's just this wide range. I mean, you guys cover not only polo, but eventing and show jumping and dressage and, yes. You know, Ingrid Hoffman as a celebrity ambassador is a chef. So, I mean, there's just this huge um, variety of folks, but all with that same mission. So it's very fun fun to speak with y'all. But I also want to know, Hope, how do what would you tell a young woman who is interested in polo or in, in horses and riding in general, but specifically about polo? What would you tell somebody who's interested in getting their start? You know, I really think just try it. Um, you know, there's so many ways you can get into polo um, and you just you have to go for it. You will absolutely love it and every part about the sport. Um, you meet such incredible people throughout your experience. And, um, you know, Dawn being one of them, she is absolutely incredible. She's one of my favorite people ever. Um, <laughs> there's there's so many people that you meet um, and they're it truly will just help you through life itself. And it's amazing. Well, I have to ask as a rider myself, I used to event and then I became a little bit, um, I had some of that fear of, you know, there's this huge thing. And if I come off, I'm a hit. So we, Don, you mentioned as an older rider, I'm in my fifties also. And so that whole thing of, I now do dressage because I love it, but also because of the fear factors. So, I mean, is there ever any thought in your mind of, oh my gosh, I'm doing all this stuff up here. I'm going to fall off. Does it ever cross your mind? Uh, unfortunately as fearless leader, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I mean, that's good, but (laughs) I don't know if my mom likes this idea or not. Uh, sorry. I, I was, I, 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 you know, but, but I, I, I mean, I think growing up, I've always sort of been a little daredevil, but I, I, and, and I, I really encourage women to play, you know, no matter what age they are, give it a try. And his hope was saying, you know, if you can go to like your local polo club, there, there are many around the country or like here in Florida, for instance, we've got a really great, great program by our, our mutual friend, Kylie Sheehan. She has what we call a margarita league and just lessons. And so she has a, an arena and she has sort of a, I don't think it's a regulation field out there at Flying Cow Polo Club. Do you know, uh, or not or hope because I've not played on that field, but I know they give some lessons out there. 
But the point is, is that it's very, very beginner, beginner, beginner. It's just walk and hit the ball, get on a horse. It's, you know, bomb proof and, you know, sleepy most of the time. And it'll just get out there and do all the things you want it to do. And the great part about it is you get outside, you know, you get to try something new, you know, you got to have some hand-eye coordination to develop. You get, you know, obviously you have that therapeutic benefit of being with horses, which is very therapeutic. It is for me. I do it mostly just for that because of my husband. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) And the other great benefit is you meet so many other women you become friends with. I mean, Hope and I developed this close friendship. There's a 40 year difference between Hope and I. I could be her grandma, you know, and and it's just so much fun. She's such a great fun to play with as a teammate on the field. Great attitudes, amazing sportsmanship, obviously remarkable talent. And it makes me smile, you know, and she was introduced to me by my late friend, Sunny Hale, who said to me years ago, okay, this girl's going to be an excellent polo player. She's really got some talent. And uh, I, I, I mean, it's amazing how Sunny kind of picked this out immediately. You know, when Hope was very young, I mean, you were like, uh, what, a toddler when this happened? <laughs> That's impressive now. <laughs> you were like an embryo when this happened? <laughs> it's in her blood. She, she can't help herself, I'm sure. <sighs> uh, anyway, I, I just, uh, yeah, so, so. I don't have any worries about having a fall. I mean, I've had a few falls, but I just bounce and roll and get up and get back on the saddle. But we are very careful. I mean, Hope can speak about this too. We, we take the sport very seriously and, and it can be dangerous. Like, look, you can slip and fall in your shower. But I can say that with the horses, you know, you just have to be mindful. You got to take care of them because they, they have their, you know, bad days, good days too. Like just a human being, we all have our moods and, and they have, you know, physical you know, sometimes feeling a little uncomfortable one day, we all have that. We get out of bed, we don't quite feel good, you know, but we go and play the game. So you have to take into consideration a lot of factors. And it, and I think with any equine sport and even, you know, look at the working horses and mules and donkeys, you know, if you educate people to learn about how to take care of those animals and, and consider their, their needs, you know, you got to do that in polo too. So it's a nice challenge. You know, I think people enjoy that and it's, it's uh, invigorating and um, inspiring. Well, I like how you mentioned several times the connection between the two of you and women in polo as well, because, you know, that that didn't strike me as anything to really consider until I started thinking about this, this upcoming match and the call with you guys. So you're the founder of something called the Women's International Polo Network. What does that do? What does that organization do? Why did you decide to start it? Well, a group of women polo players decided to get together and felt like there's got to be a way we can all communicate with one another if we would want to communicate other than just phone call or a text, but communicate even just tournament uh, events that exist and and somehow get to know each other globally. Because I heard of players in Australia, I'd heard of players in France, you know, obviously in England and Argentina, I knew some of them. And I've, I've heard rumor of a club being built in northern Japan on the island of Hokkaido. So, I know, and even in China, I've heard of some polo schools being started by a woman polo player. Her Western name is Paris, and she was really wanted to build some polo schools for women, not only for the game, but, you know, in that country, in the culture, a lot of women are becoming businesswomen, and they're learning to be team players in the business world. So they thought this would be a nice sort of cross, you know, practice, cross translation to, okay, sport to actually in the boardroom. And I thought that was a very interesting perspective. 
So, you know, I, I, the Women's International Polo Network was founded mostly to connect women globally, but it also was trying, it was, it was created for women to have a voice at the table, to be able to make some suggestions about, well, look, we can improve this club or we can improve this, you know, polo association like the United States Polo Association. And as of today, I think we're at about 40% women USPA polo memberships, which is pretty remarkable because when Sunny Hale was working to help women's polo back in 2006, they were about 22% women's polo membership of playing members. And I think there are a lot of uh, men that are registered members that aren't really playing members. And, uh, you know, I I think if they decided to just become non-playing members, we might almost be at 50-50. Yeah. And we, we may surpass that because in the collegiate, there are more women polo players in the collegiate than there are men polo players that are registered members. Wow. So so the WIPN also provides resources on how you can host a women's tournament outdoor, indoor. It also talks about the women's handicap, which is relatively new, considering the sports 2,500 years old and the men have had a handicap for at least 100 years. So the women finally got a handicap in 2014. So this is like as like yesterday in the in the. You know, and you're talking about in the course of time. <laughs> so, yeah. so you know, it, it's right now our, our WIPN is a little bit sort of stagnant with COVID. You know, we haven't had as much uh, input or activity on there because we're all busy in our own lives trying to stay safe in our little pod bubbles, you know. Mm-hmm. But but that was sort of the, the driving force was to connect women globally, help try to list tournaments, you know, uh, to honor... Sunny Hale, for instance, with her women's championship tournament, because she's the one that really got tournaments off the ground. And we all realize the more tournaments that are available around the world, the more chances women like Hope, eventually, if she would like to, could become a polo professional and work at polo and make a living playing polo, you know? So that that's sort of the ambition, because if there aren't any opportunities, then how can you grow as a player? But the more tournaments that are available, like the one I'm about to play in now, the Hope Sound Polo Club, this is the second year they're going to put their tournament together. And we had just two teams last year, but it was a start. Now we have three teams. And I think with if we had not had COVID, we would have had four to six teams in, in this tournament. I don't doubt it for a minute. And there's so many other players coming in of all ages that are starting. And this is a good level tournament. You know, we call it a handicap level. It's only a 14-16 goal tournament, which is great for some, you know, beginners to get in. And, and we take care of them. We're not going to you know, speed past them and not pass them the ball or not help them in the game. Everybody's very patient and, and helpful. I mean, there's even lower goal polo for women's polo, different flights of levels of handicap polo that can be played as a team. So um, that's what the WIPN is all about. And we want to help other women and they reach out to us. And we try to help them with whatever questions they may have and try to inspire them to play the game and to help the whole sport in general. We believe the WIPN will help the whole sport in general, the health of the sport. And I'll tell you one of the things that's been really interesting about 15 years ago when I was playing women's polo, it wasn't as uh, cordial. (laughs) I think a lot of women had something to prove, maybe. I don't know. And we just get really competitive. And so sometimes there'd be a little trash talk. But you know what? It has really come around to being a healthier place to play. People are very professional about it. They're friendly. And it's just a great program. And I think, you know, Hope, maybe you saw sort of the tail end of that. But I think now we can honestly say there may be a couple of bad apples, but 99% of the women that are participating now take care of each other. We play hard in the game. When we finish the game, we are friends. There's no animosity, right, Hope? I mean, have you noticed that? No, 100%. I agree with you, Don. Because your mom played, so she remembers the old days. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, <I've heard> stories. <laughs> That sounds, yeah. sounds kind of scary to me, but yeah. No. I mean, the good news is that that people like Hope are right there and ready ready to take over. And Hope, how do you see the future of polo? I mean, all of that sounds so great to me, but from your perspective, what's what's in the future for you and for polo in general? You know, for me, I do want to pursue being a professional polo player, and you know, Sunny Hale, Dawn, Melissa Ganzi, so many women have. Um, you know, helped women's polo grow. And now there are women that can make a living in polo. And um, not only with women's polo, but you can join mix and everything. And honestly, it's, it's grown so much. And I think we have so much more to grow anyway. Well, you've already done a, a quite a bit in your in your lifetime, but what's been your most exciting experience so far? Um, no, I've been so lucky to have, um, multiple amazing experiences. Um, I would have to say, um, winning the 12 goal, um, Pete Boswick Memorial in Aiken, South Carolina with, um, my two brothers and my dad for me, just because it was with family and it was, it was amazing. It was the first tournament that we got to play all together. Um, and so that one's one that I will always be partial to. Oh, I can imagine that family aspect yes. of it. And I hate I missed it. I'm not far from Aiken. I'm happy to hear you say that and the fact that you're willing to continue with everything. And um, I think the future is going to be in good hands with with you and, and your whole generation. I think it's going to be great. Thank you. I do too. <laughs> Well, and, and Dawn, it's so funny. I'm sitting here looking at you, the visual of you, and you are on the road. So to be on the Brook USA On the Road podcast, you have just made it come alive. <laughs> I think that's amazing. So I'm seeing you in your car. This is exciting. So I know you're on the way to a match now, but you're also an outstanding photographer. And some of your work has been featured in charity auctions and things like that in the past. You travel and you've done so many things the photos that you've taken that represent culture and climate change, where has your favorite trip been so far? That is a difficult choice to make because there are two places that I really love. And one was in Morocco when my husband was doing a film there called Rules of Engagement with Sam Jackson. And we lived in Morocco for about six to seven weeks in Orzazat, which from Texas, we were saying, we called it, where's this at? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and it wasn't far from Marrakesh and it wasn't far from, you know, Agadir and other remarkable places or remote places, you know, the Dra River Valley where they have all these remarkable roses that are, you know, old, old, old genetics where those rose petals are gathered to make rose water and sold to perfumeries in France. So it was really fascinating to go there to see this culture have this amazing food, meet these amazing people, many of the Berber people, you know, that speak a Berber language living in the Atlas Mountains. That was pretty remarkable. And to see how they use their working donkeys and mules and working camels. <laughs> but, but I have to say the most remarkable trip for me was to Antarctica. That was in 2011. And it was with the Climate Reality Project. It was organized by Al Gore. And he did it to bring uh, together uh, lots of different scientists, world leaders, and you know, spokespeople, politicians, various people that, that were, could help to raise awareness about climate change. And we went down to the uh, Antarctic Peninsula and to Palmer Station, um, research station, which was really fascinating. And during that time, 
I mean, I can honestly tell you, I didn't need a sweater in February in Antarctica. It was really worrisome. And there were a lot of melting glaciers. So not to put a, you know, downer on the mood here, but, but it is something real that's happening. And this latest freeze that we've had, not to bring, you know, climate into the commentary, but it's affecting our, our environment. It's affecting our animals, you know, our vegetation. And this deep freeze that Texas is in now could be part of the reason why the jet stream isn't really flowing as usual. And, and it's in the Arctic air is pushed down outside of its, you know, freezer down all the way down into San Antonio and South Texas. And it's not anything we're prepared for. So it's time to start making some changes to understand that these carbon-based emissions are causing a lot of damage. And what I saw in Antarctica was some evidence. And I tried to photograph that, to capture that in one image, to tell the story. And I think I managed to get that because a lot of penguins, there were several different species of penguins, and one of them is the Adeli. They're the southernmost water bird, and they, they are in the colder temperatures, but their nesting sites were being affected by snowdrift you know, and also by warming temperatures where the other uh, species like skuas, which is their, one of their predators, can come in and eat their chicks or their eggs or, you know, disrupt their nests. So they're having a rough time, the Adeli. Um, but the Gentoo and the, the macaroni penguins, I mean, they're doing okay. But you can see that when they come out of the water after hunting krill, they have these salt glands above their beak. I've learned this from several of the uh, biologists that were there studying the different wildlife. And Sylvia Earle was with us. She's sort of like the Jacques Cousteau of, of the American, you know, ocean uh, <laughs> biologist. She was fascinating. You could not order fish at the table while Sylvia Earle was at the table at dinner. You would not dare order fish for dinner. <laughs> I'll just have that salad, please. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> lettuce, plain lettuce. Yeah, yeah, lettuce. But, but and no, no fish tacos, please. Thank you. And so, so, you know, it was, it was, it was, uh, uh, interesting to see when they, when the penguins would come back to shore after their hunt, they would eat snow, you know, because it was so salty, they would just try to eat snow. And, uh, and I saw them drinking water that was just melting off the glaciers instead of eating snow. That's not normal for them, according to some of these biologists that were there. And, um, but it was a fascinating trip. I mean, you know, Richard Branson was on board, Ted Turner, several glaciologists, as I said, Sylvia Earle, uh, uh, Larry Brilliant, you know, who, who was with World Health Organization. Uh, he was talking about the other issues of climate change, which is disease. You know, we can see more types of problems like Zika, uh, more malaria issues. Um, you know, it, 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 these viruses, the COVID we're going through now, the pandemics will be more frequent. This is not gonna be a one in a 100 year event. So, you know, our scientists are working so hard to stay a step ahead. And so that, that was the most informative, educational, and, and eye-opening experience I've had. So my photography, I hope, would reflect that experience. And, and well, I mean, I, that's something I'm proud of and because I want to share that message, too. And not everybody agrees with the method that Al Gore might use. There are climate scientists that have other methods of communicating with the public about how to, you know, try to help even by the, on their own. Mm -hmm. and and try to reach out to legislatures or 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 whoever re represents them in in any part of the country to call and say look i have a i'm concerned particularly when i live in the country in san Saba, and on those days i have seen in the last 27 years my husband a change in the biodiversity i've seen it and we've got feral hogs taking over they're eating quail eggs turkey eggs it's really a, a problem <clears throat> so I, I that I'd say Antarctica was my most. I think it was the most. Uh, it left the last most lasting impressions for me. 
Well, and I think you're right. The photography, having that visual for somebody to be able to see the the visual of that, because, you know, we we're in this world where we talk, 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 but having the visual side of it. Yeah. I recently saw a picture. I, I traveled to France in my um, college years and we went to a glacier there, the Mer de Glace that's up in the Alps. And I just mm. saw of it now. And those tremendous crevices are just gone. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's gone. So it's, um, it's yes. to, to see your photography, I, it's obvious to me that your charity work, philanthropic work and everything, um, we appreciate what you do. That's, that's oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Well, I'm happy to help with Brook USA, too. <laughs> I was going to say, which is the place of if you could go anywhere to support Brook USA? Are there places in the world that you'd like to visit and help with programs or, you know, photography or anything with Brook Ye- USA? Yeah, Kenya. Kenya would be my choice. I mean, I've been to uh, Cape Town, South Africa, and uh, almost to Namibia, and I've been to Morocco and Northern Africa, but I've never been to Kenya, that central region. And I have a lot of friends there who play polo there too. Oh, and they're, nice. they're involved in programs. I have a very good friend who Hope knows, that's a friend of hers too, uh, Izzy Parsons, and she yes. helps with the White Rhino Rescue and, and collaborates with the San Diego Zoo. So that's a place I'd like to go. I'd like to see that program there. Yeah. We'd love to see photography pictures from there from you. So I hope that happens. Hope, <laughs> yeah. You? Hope, where would you like to go? Mine is the same as Dawn, Kenya as well. Um, I know that they have, Brook USA has an amazing organization there. Um, the program Women for Donkeys, which I think is amazing. Um, and how they teach the women to care for their animals and to protect their donkeys and all their working equines. And so I would, I would love to go visit Kenya and see that program. I think we need to put a word in the two of you would make yeah. a great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll bring and our polo mallets and our cameras and, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and a little bit of cash to support the Maasai people and their beadwork that they do, which we have on some of our horse tack. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the brow bands on my bridles were all gifts from Tiva Gross and her mother that live in, she's from Kenya, they play polo, her mother played polo, and also from Izzy Parsons, and they're beautifully done. These these beadwork yes. is so lovely. Isn't it, Hope? Isn't that pretty? So, I wear bracelets from there all the time. Uh-huh, there you go. <laughs> and we're supporting the Maasai people when we buy those things. We support them. So very very good. Well, I do have one last question for the two of you. Um, with this event coming up, the Sunset Polo and White Party, there's a, a virtual or a new edition, special edition of it, not virtual this year. It was virtual last year. But who are you pulling for? Hope if you do get to play, obviously, we know that we're, we're pulling for you. Um, but this thing seems competitive to me. The more I hear about it, the more I, I'm hearing a lot of competition there so can you give us any insight who do you who's going to be the big winner of the night hope what do you think um i'm not sure i would love to play in it so hopefully i do get to play in it but um i think that you know i was talking to kendall and hearing some players uh possibilities and stuff and i'm so excited i think it'll be a fun competitive and just a great game all right well hope you get to play i hope there's no conflict on time yes. But Dom, you're not going to make it in for the event? If I can attend, I sure will. If there's not a conflict of schedule, that's right during the week of the Women's U.S. Open. And that would be the day of the semifinals. And I expect uh, Hope will be there, not to put any pressure on you, but I'm (laughs) hoping to be there with her. (laughs) 
Cross, yes. <laughs> We're going to wish so. for the best for that, especially, yeah. So if you don't make it to the Sunset Polo and White Party, we will definitely know why. So that's, that's okay. That's okay. But in all seriousness to both of you, I really, I absolutely admire the work that the two of you are doing as ambassador and celebrity ambassador for Brook USA, but also as role models for women in the sport and just in general. Um, it's It's been special talking to both of you. So well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for having Very me too. And have fun with your match this morning. Oh, I'm looking forward Good to luck. it. Got, thank yeah. you so much, Hope. Yeah, we have a couple of new players that are playing today and I'm so proud of them. They're in high school, but oh, they've been playing in the women's league and uh, this is this will be fun. That'll be great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, ladies. Thanks, take care. Bye. Bye. If you're interested in attending Brook USA Sunset Polo and White Party Special Edition, please visit brookusaevents.org. You should also know that a portion of the proceeds from Brook USA Sunset Polo and White Party Special Edition Latin America will support Brook USA's America's Fund for the purchase of 233 demo plots in rural communities in Nicaragua. These demo plots are used to teach and train villagers on the basics of fodder cultivation, from planting to storing foods for their equines. Cost per plot is $500. Support of Brook USA's COVID-19 Response and Recovery Fund for nonprofit organizations across the country in need of financial assistance. Due to the pandemic, horses, donkeys, and mules are being abandoned as their owners struggle with financial hardship and the ability to feed and care for their equines. Microgrants range between $500 and $1,000. Support of Brook USA's USA Advocacy Fund to ensure a ban on the import and sale of ijiao, the derivative of boiling donkey hides for use in traditional Chinese medicine in the United States. Donkeys in Africa are being stolen, mistreated, and inhumanely slaughtered for their hides. The U.S. is the third largest global consumer of ijiao. Support of Brook USA's new initiative to scope and research equine welfare among Native American tribes with the goal of introducing programming that will improve the quality of life of equines and positively impact the lives of those living on the reservations. Also, this year's auction will be going online for those of us who can't make the event. Information will be available on social media, so be sure to like and follow Brook USA.